I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Convo by Design with another episode recorded live in the Living Kitchen Studio. Bregan Jane is an LA mom, lifestyle blogger, and an experienced, well-accomplished interior designer. Bregan's resume boasts enterprises that span the gamut from custom designing personal creative music studios to managing international real estate projects. Her design savvy is well sought after by clients in almost every industry, including a double platinum selling record artist for whom she designed an elaborate home complete with a tailored wardrobe room. Bregan honed her design skills working as creative director and marketing professional for a luxury yacht manufacturer. She staged yachts in-house and traveled internationally for consultations with her Dubai clientele. Those unique experiences set the stage for more exceptional design opportunities, and hopefully this has set the stage for my chat. Convo by Design is presented by Snyder Diamond. Their unwavering commitment to provide designers and architects with the tools to help create the kitchen and bath of dreams for their clients is unmatched. Why? Well, you have amazing service for one and world-class products that help make homeowners remarkable in the kitchen, like those from Sub-Zero, Wolf, and Cove. Sub-Zero's refrigeration provides so many options with regard to finish, configuration, and width that you can find the right product for just about any space you can design. If not familiar with the Pro Series, you must see this. Glass front or solid, side-by-side or over-under with options from 36 to 48 inches. Pair that with Wolf warming drawers for both custom look and state-of-the-art design and functionality. This is function with flair and flexibility, and if that wasn't enough, Cove dishwashers offer that Sub-Zero Wolf quality, style, and technology for a kitchen suite of products that works seamlessly together. And here's something even better than that. Through the Grand Kitchen event, your clients can receive three additional years of protection with a qualified kitchen appliance package. Details and conditions apply, so find out more by visiting any of the three Los Angeles area Snyder Diamond locations and visit their Pasadena or Santa Monica showrooms to see the all-new, redesigned, amazing living kitchens. Yes. Half the episode is done. Okay. We could wrap it now. I'll, let's go. <laughs> we already know each other. Um. And what we were talking about before, which is where I actually want to start, yes, is Brig and Jane, yes, as a brand, as a brand, and how you how you consider yourself because you've got you're an, you're a designer, yeah, you're an author, <laughs> you write a blog, Thank you, you really work the website, you you do you give back, you do a ton of charity, it's important to you me. travel a lot, you got a lot going on. Thank you. How do you manage, and where do you start? as as a brand i think the biggest uh asset to the brand is the team it really is um everyone asks how can you do it and you can't do it by yourself and i know that's so cliche to say but it's so true i really lean on my girls and part of what ignites me is igniting other women empowering other women empowering other people's creativity their ability to be in a work environment that might be unconventional but i'm always drawn towards pushing not only myself but everyone around me and i want them to be their best because i love that they give me their best but i also want to create the world in which they can grow so my team means a lot to me i i guess going off on that a minute yeah how do you find the right people 
I think, you know, there's some easy things to say, like hire slow, fire fast. We all know these, but there's an inherent sort of kismet connection that you feel in the interview process where you take a risk on somebody because of something you feel. And one of those risks for me this year was hiring mothers without childcare. And I was terrified. I was like, what decision did I just make? But I knew in my heart, if you want something done, give a to-do list to a mom. And I had these amazing, brilliant women in front of me that were looking for work, needed a source of a place for themselves, but also a place to bring in income. And they were driven. And I knew that they were going to give me their all, regardless of a baby on their hip. So I took that risk along with them. And I've been rewarded by those hires. And I will continue to make those hires and other ones because of now my track record with it. And so it's it's been great. They took the risk with me. Did you have to change the structure did you change have to change the office did you what did you were there things that you didn't anticipate I think that I've always had a unusual structure to my business and we're on site so much that an office sort of has you know I have a home office so it works out well I have a nanny at my house so if you you know we need to talk about an email the nanny she can your kid can kind of go down and play with my kids we are unconventional by nature but not unprofessional it's just about getting things done and working and doing our best that's it i don't care what it looks like when and then you can just you can set the kids down and you can give them one of the books that you wrote (laughs) yes when did you start when did you start doing that i just i'm just launching those now i actually started my first children's book probably 10 years ago before I even had kids and it was one of these creative moments in the middle of the night where this book came to me and I know that's silly to say I tucked it I put it away and to be honest I've been mad for the last 10 years that I can't find that original file but once I became a mother and actually while I was on a sort of philanthropy trip I was like stop being mad that you can't find the original the book is inside you rewrite it. It means something different to you now. You have children. Get over it. Do it. And so I put pen to paper and struggled through rewriting what was in my heart for the last 10 years. And the the philanthropy. Yes. And the trips. Yes. Giving back, giving back is really important to you. It is. It's interesting to me because giving back is really important. At the same time, we get so busy professionally. Yes. <laughs> and and listen, as designers, mm-hmm. you have the jobs you have to manage, the jobs you have to pitch. I have the a job. client install happening right now. <laughs> and you're here. I'm here. So how do you how do you find it's a silly question. It's very it's not silly, it's pedestrian. You know, how do you find the time? But it's a serious question. How do you find the time to do all those things? And and that being said, why is it so important to you? To, man- to make sure to do those philanthropy trips because it, yeah. it, it takes money out of the pocket. Yeah, it takes money out of the pocket. It takes time away from my children. And I think the answer to your question on the time is that I don't find the time. I make the time. And when I feel overwhelmed, I go back to that silly saying of we all have the same hours in the day as Beyonce. And I think it's a great saying because when I feel like I've taken on too much, I realize that there are amazing individuals in this world who are doing way more than I'm doing. So if they can do it, I'm going to try to do it or I'm going to try to do what I think I can. Um, 
but yeah, it's definitely a sacrifice, especially having kids and being a single parent. Taking that time away from them is a choice, so it's got to matter. And it's that moment where, you know, for weeks I was preparing and like bringing things to with me for Kenya. And my son walks up out of nowhere and brings me his little airplane and goes, can you give this to one of the kids? Unprompted, didn't know. And it's like that all makes it worth it. They they see it. So even if I'm gone for 10 days, I hope my spirit and my soul and who I am is more a part of them than all the minutes that I get with them. No, it makes, perfect, that make sense? It, it makes perfect sense. And, and, you know, another overused but 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 valid saying is charity starts at home. And, and it, in, in that sense, you know, if you, you have taught your son what it means and he's going to go out and he's going to give. Back. Yeah. And we do it locally as well. So that's great is to be able to bring them in on the smaller things. Um, and that was a gift my parents gave me as well. And I hope to give to my kids. How did you get into design? Design. Um, it really started in sort of the nature of what you see it as now, interior design building, when I worked for somebody else as an estate manager to start, and he had multiple, multiple properties all across, you know, the U.S., and I was given an opportunity to help him build his homes. And basically, we both, in the nature and exploration of our relationship, found out that I was really good at it. So he would throw these crazy projects at me and be like, hey, Regan, can you turn this airplane hanger into a living room in two weeks? But I need to be able to pick up the phone like it's my office. And I'm like, cool, no problem. Um, But I had the responsibility and the budgets to really explore interior design. I think interior design is one of those things that you don't know how good you are until you have at least somewhat of a budget to work with. And so that was my opportunity. Um, Before that, it was always creative. It was always staging. It was always window displays. It was always interior, you know, styling. It was fashion. So it's not a surprise, but this really feels like the talent that I just was given. And along with budget, you have, if you, you test yourself as a designer based on budget, and you also can test yourself as a designer based on space. Yeah. Someone can do anything with all the space in the world. What's it like designing for a yacht? So I, I at this stage in my career, did more staging of the yacht. Okay. But it was, I was also involved after the yacht was built, but once it was like being shown, you know? And you understand those finishing touches and also the international market of yacht design and the different clients that were coming in and how we had to appeal to all of them um, was a huge learning lesson. And it's it's the little things. It's how you hang a towel that can, you know, literally make someone react into a purchase or not a purchase. Um, so for me, it's all about creating warm spaces that make people feel like they're at home. So that's amazing. How, when you say how you hang the towel, I, I, I don't know if that's more metaphor or actually It's legit. actual and metaphor. But curious as a follow-up to that yeah what what lessons did you take away from because and here's the thing for me yeah ultra lux yeah small space Uh uh-huh you you have to pack so much in but it can't look packed in Uh it has to look spacious so it's ultra lux packed into a small space 
has to look open. Yeah. I mean, what did you learn from that? I think you just connected dots for me. I think less is more is probably where I learned that first. Prior to that, I was probably more of your, you know, this was a while ago, traditional Martha Stewart, throw sparkles and chandeliers everywhere. And at some point I changed to simplicity is true luxury to me. If you can have just what you need right there at your side, that's when things become luxurious. The best hotel rooms do not feel over cluttered. They're simple, they're clean, but every anonymity is there at your fingertips. Do you have a favorite? It's funny. I, I do love this question because I get so many different answers. Some have I, the question is, and I'll give you a second to think about it. Do you have a favorite project of yours that you've designed? And then the follow up to that is, do you have some favorite designers that you also follow? And I, what I love about the question is, yeah. as a designer, I get sort of two answers, two types of answers. Mm-hmm. The first one is, oh, no, I love them all the same. Okay. Which is so not true. It, the sec- it is it. <laughs> the second one is, um, they know exactly which one it is. And it's not always the one that they had the biggest budget. It's not always uh-huh. the one that got published. It's not always, mm-hmm. sometimes there's something that just was 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 life-changing, life-affirming, career-adjusting mm-hmm. that came out of it. So I'm curious. You know, for me, it's not so much the career, it's what I was able to offer the client. And I have a client who is a celebrity by nature, but we've grown a friendship and I don't, I can't talk about her much. I can't publish her, her work, but I've been able to be with her for several years and turn her house into a home and she just had her first baby. So it's amazing to me to watch what we created become her first home for her first baby and to come in and do the baby's room and to see those pictures like that's when like i'm looking at instagram stories and i'm like that house is your home and i helped you get there and i feel so much gratitude for letting you let me do that i want to talk about the celebrity thing and i'm glad you brought that up yeah the celebrity aspect of it. Most designers really want the celebrity clientele. Yeah. <laughs> and I get it. There, okay. And there's a couple of different reasons why. Uh-huh. There's the budget, mm-hmm. the size and scope of the project. Mm-hmm. By the same token, you get to do some of your most extravagant and amazing work. And in most cases, nobody ever gets to see it. Yes, that's true. Um, I think... I think I'm very picky on what clients I take. Um, And so for me, we're just in LA. There's gonna be celebrity clients with budgets. That's just our marketplace. We really do have a film industry here. So the fact that I could be a designer in LA and not you know, roll over into the film industry, I would be doing something wrong. But I also think I'm hesitant and careful what you wish for because celebrity comes with a lot of drama at times. Luckily, that's not who I've had to work with. But I, I think everyone's human. And so most of those clients are just looking for somebody to actually give them a home, not see the large budget, not see, you know, oh, I did so-and-so's house. And so because I'm so protective of my projects with them and they know that about me, I think they feel comfortable. Because for me, it's about building something for somebody else regardless of what they do. And uh, I've had to be very protective of that. I've had PR agents be like, just ask them, just ask them. And I'm like, no, this is their home. Like, I'm not doing it. Um, And unfortunately, I'm not sure every designer feels that way. We all want to get one step ahead, but you have to stop and really 
think about your intentions. That being said, and sort of drawing back, yeah, publishing, publishing and getting covered in magazines, and I co- I talk about this a lot mm-hmm. with every designer that I speak with because I think it's really important mm-hmm. as a creative. You want your creative work to be seen, yeah, because that's how primarily you get new business. Mm-hmm. Number one, people say is word of mouth. Yeah, word of mouth has to start somewhere, right? Yes. You are really unique insofar as you've created a, a brand, and and wh- which is from that brand you've created a blog. You you are a publisher. Do you con- do, do you consider yourself a publisher? Yes, very much so. There's a lot of hard work and love that goes into that blog, and everyone will tell you things happen overnight, and it did not happen overnight. It was a lot of love and tears, and um, even the website and the iteration that you see now was, I promised myself that I had to blog every week for an entire year before I made a big, you know, purchase on a new website and the love that you see now. So you can set goals and and we put effort into things I hate people that just go oh no that little thing it's like no I've worked for every piece of this and I've really thought about it and I've left my heart out on the line and it's been hard to be vulnerable I mean having a blog going through a divorce you're like what do I say what do I not say what what can help people what might hurt my family and so that vulnerability is a lesson in itself (laughs) And along those lines, I'm I'm laughing because I, I know doing the podcast, it's this. It, I get it. Mm-hmm. How much do you share? How much shouldn't you share? And and the thing is, you you want to be authentic, and you want to you want to these. When people follow your content, and there's nothing better than when someone sends you an email saying, "Hey, I read this and I really liked it." It's like, wow, they really liked it. Yeah, Isn't that cool. Yeah, but sometimes a little is too much. Yep. And and you you don't you- have. And you have to go through the too much to find your line, which nobody tells you. So yeah, and and you don't have an editor. You are self-editing, right? I do have an editor. You do have an editor, and I'll tell you why. Okay. I am horribly dyslexic, and I am very bad at punctuation and grammar. So I need help. Again, it goes back to that team and not being afraid to say. This is what I want. I have something to say, but if I write it without you looking over it, <laughs> there's where that line's gonna be. Um, so it it does help me, you know, put out a better product by leaning on team members. Back to the design. Do you do you think? And this, the question has so many different meanings. There is no one for an individual. Do you do you have a style? That doesn't mean like are you traditional or are you contemporary? Do you do you have a do you have a style that from your personality and from your creative interior? I know. I need I need the like one-liner answer to this cuz I never have it. No, the beauty is this is a podcast so I we can know. just talk about it. We okay. can work, let's let's ha- let's chop it up here. Okay. Let's work it out. I love that I my style my personal style. I adjust for clients and I have that ability. I think the dyslexia helps me, uh, you know, I can do that puzzle piece thing with my brain without trying to. Things flip and turn on me in a way that's helpful in a creative sense. So that works, but for myself, it's clean. I like very clean, simple lines. I don't like a lot of clutter, but that being said, I have this hint of what I wouldn't call gaudy, but 
I like a gold or a brass detail. I like something that's a little bit obnoxiously luxurious, but you don't notice it as that. So for example, in my own home right now, my kitchen hood has a complete brass hood liner or like hood cover. So it's a big gold piece of metal. But the way that I've put it together, I hope it doesn't read that way. It just sort of falls in naturally. But you'll always sort of see those hints of sparkle with me. Uh, in in both tones or or yellow is pretty much yellow metals are the way yellow you, metals are my favorite right now brassy bronzy gold we love those okay <laughs> but um it's just that glitter effect whether it's silver or crystals or it's that sparkle it's the the louis the 15th you know french castle part that i just need a piece of i need a piece of a french castle and what is your what is your thought about mixing metals um, oh, I love it. You do? That's my new favorite thing. Okay. Yeah. Wait, new? So, new so favorite thing. You're, you're playing with it now. I'm playing with it now. I think um, I'm now at a place in my career where my clients can trust me to say, hey, we're going to do silver on the faucets and gold in the shower. And they're like, what? And I'm like, no, because gold in the whole bathroom will be too much. Silver in the whole bathroom is too boring. This is what we're doing. So yeah, it, for me, it's a new discovery and actually putting it into action. And I'm... I'm loving it. And there's some new ombre pieces of metal that I've been seeing come out in faucets. Really? Yes. Yes. Um, I'm not going to brand drop until they uh, <laughs> give us something for on your podcast. But there are some amazing brands that have ombre faucet pieces. So the metal actually changes on the, on the spout. So it's, I, I'm glad that you brought that up. I love this. So it's, it's, it's fun to watch trends mm -hmm. turn into habits turn into bona fide style yeah and what's interesting to me is ombre all started with hair right every, well, every girl like five years ago had yellow with brown you know it was ombre hair and now it's made it all the way to faucets it's fun. my daughter just rolled out <laughs> some with that to that effect yeah but it, but it's interesting because design is so heavily influenced by fashion mm-hmm but with fashion, you can have a seasonal runway show and ideas, creative ideas come out of that. Yep. It's like, that doesn't work, that does work, that doesn't work. But because the, the, the timeline for design is so much longer, the runway is so much longer. And the nature of design is that you're building to last. Right. So whereas you, I can wear one outfit today and I don't like it tomorrow, I never have to wear it again. A home is forever. And you're hoping to get the most amount of years and love out of it. So I think another thing about my style is that I always try to throw it back to something classic. What, Where it is in history, I don't care. What it is in history, I don't mind. But I know if it has a historical reference, it's going to stay forever trendy it's not trendy you know it's going to stay relevant because it it's drawing from something this is why we all draw from old european you know that style is never gonna go out of style so you have to be careful <laughs> how do how do you judge and it's funny because this is kind of like going down the rabbit hole yeah. a little bit but i love it because what i was going to say is a few years ago the trend was in bathrooms and everything changed. You, uh -huh. you had you had colored faucets. 
you know, and solid color, which, hey, we're we're getting away from silver. Oh, isn't that nice? We're getting away from bronze. Isn't that nice? And then the technology followed. And the, the trend was more turning baths into spas. Mm-hmm. A spa at home, and you you had the colored lights, and a lot of that uh-huh. never translated. Uh huh. But a lot of it did. Yep. Then this year, this year, uh, last year, last two years, I would say, I've seen kitchens sort of take on that same. There's more tech. There's mm-hmm. there's more. Look, set it and forget it. Mm-hmm. You know, which is really really great because it becomes more functional. Mm-hmm. For you, how do you? judge as trends come in where the split is the the fork in the road between trendy and lasting i never want to be the first one to have to pay for new technology i think that's a bad idea if it just came out it's like we all bought that first flat screen tv that was like three thousand dollars now you can get them for 300 bucks um so i try to keep that in mind unless it's something i'm really heartfelt connected to and there's a lot of technology that's coming on the market now so this is going to be a practice that we're all going to have to learn very very quickly um you know, and it's small things. There's startups that come and go and happen. You know, even I just bought a bracelet that tells you your location while the company goes out of business. Well, you know, how does that work? Um, you can install systems where the entire company goes under. And how do you repair it when it's a door system and the company no longer exists? So you do have to be mindful of what sort of gets you excited with your candy eyes and what realistically is a good investment. Um, that being said, you know, the way we live our lives and function in our homes, we all put our pants on one leg at a time. There's a part of living in a home that you're always going to open your refrigerator and want to get your produce out. And so there is simplicity. Like I said, luxury is, isn't this over the top thing. It's having what you want where you need it. And it's small things for me, like a large sink basin versus not a tiny one that might be cute and cool and but I've learned the luxury is having the large sink that you can put everything in and your large pots in and so when I learn those tricks I try to repeat them and put clients and give them the knowledge that I've learned that like that one might look good and cool but really when you live in this house you're going to want this simplicity when you're working on your ultra lux mhm and when it comes to kitchens too, here's the finishes. Well, yes, finishes. <laughs> but but here's sort of the as as you're looking at a kitchen and you're designing it and you're putting it together. Yeah. You got ultra lux. You can put everything wherever you want it. So you've got the main sink over here. You've got a, uh, another sink over here mm-hmm. uh, on a on a big long island, and then you've got the range and the cooktops. Mm-hmm. And over the cooktop, you've got some some absolutely stunning tile but at the same time it's big enough that you don't tile have... we go slab well, okay, <laughs> okay. yeah no 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 great point <laughs> right great point right but at the same time it's like we've got the room we could put a pot filler over but we've got this huge sink and we've got this slab so not do it but yeah. it's convenient right pot and... fillers are are necessary in luxury i think it is an a step that saves you time it will save your chef time i um especially with ultra lux i do 
tend to bring in experts, like I said, teams. I have chefs that I will go to and be like, look, I'm building this house. My town is designed not cooking. Please explain to me where you need this to go, where you'd like that to go. How many warming drawers should this house have? They're going to be entertaining down on this level. So my thought is that we put warming drawers here because, and I get that expert advice of somebody who's day in, day out working with ultra lux families as a chef. And then I come more you know, with more education, more knowledge, better design, because I take the time to learn what I don't know. And then I get to do the easy, fun stuff, like pick all the most fabulous marbles that you see on every wall and the cool, I'm obsessed with like all these platinum metals right now, like the really dark titaniums. So like now I get to have my fun, you know, but at least the fridge is also in the perfectly right place. It will fit everything everybody needs. And the combo is the sweet spot. What do you see? I, I view architects and designers kind of kind of like futurists. You know, it, it, it's defining the how we live and what comes next. What are you seeing right now as far as the development of not just residential, but development and construction? And you're you're a, you're a native Angelino, aren't you? Yes. Yeah, you're born and raised. Born here. and raised. So you've seen a lot of changes. Mm-hmm. Anyone anyone who's born and raised here, we've seen a lot of changes mm-hmm. in in the the way that we have to live. A lot of it is is due to mobility, right? And getting around is so tough. So we do more at home than we used to do. Mm-hmm. What are what are you seeing as far as the differences in the way we live now? You know, this is an interesting one, but it's it's the heartfelt one. I think people are. Wanting to create a home that doesn't look overrun by children. I think most people that are homeowners, um, a lot of them have families. And that's very typical. And this design that we put in magazines sort of doesn't always account for that or doesn't explain it. And so because I'm a mom and an interior designer, this is just a question I've been getting a lot of and a lot of people come to me for that I'm like, what? But it's true. I think we're going more European in sort of residential design where like, yes, I want that one pullout step so my kid can, you know, work with me on the counter. But that step doesn't have to be covered in Mickey Mouse. And my whole house does. I don't need the playroom. My kid is integrated into the home itself. So I can still have clean, nice finishes, baskets with lids. And it's not this sort of separation of like, you know, mom space and kid space. Because when has that ever actually worked? So that's a big one for me. Do you view workspace? in in the same way um i do i i do and i don't so i think in sort of that same tone i tell my clients it's important to put a lock on your door if you're going to work from home you wouldn't might not typically put a lock on this interior bedroom door right here but like make sure you can lock it come up with a system with your kids because there are if you need that separation of space have it you know um but it doesn't mean you need the messy kids room over here because you took the office over there. And I think that's where people are starting to learn, you know, there's more. Well, and that's why I have a, I, I feel like I'm, I'm starting to see this more and more. And I'm curious if you are as well. Yeah. The separation of residential within a residential home 
and designers are the ones that have to figure out how to make this all work, right? Yeah. The, the separation within a within a, a home, a residential home, how to have that office space, how to have the communication space where you know you, could, you we've all seen that that. Uh, on CNN, the the guy was on CNN. Oh yeah, and, they, and, they and then the kid goes, yeah, yeah. And everybody loved it. Everybody loved it. It went except on fire, for, except for him. Except for him. But I think he he took he took one for the team because we all learned the lesson that like we all have this happening in our lives. And for me, just the nature of who I am and having children, I remember going on like Amazon and trying to find plates that wouldn't break, but I w refused to set my table with like kids plates, but I wanted my kids to be able to sit at the table and to be able to set a place setting. So I found nice, expensive, melamine, like nice plates, but I was just like, how is this not more accessible? I as a designer have to reach for it and I can find it and I have the tools to do it. But if I'm looking for it, everybody else has to be looking for it too. Like this is, the technology's there to make it, you know, a plastic white plate for your kids so that you can set a table nicely should not require having an interior designer. That is such a good point. <laughs> that is such a good point. What are you crushing on right now? We, t we talked about metals and I, I, yeah. I know the, the yellow gold, uh, yeah. gold, brass, bronzy, that's your thing. But what else, what else are you seeing? What are you crushing on right now? Okay. I'm really crushing on petrified wood. Ooh. Uh-huh. All right. Uh-huh. And I'm putting it in some projects that I'm sure you guys will see. But I've also seen it come up in furniture pieces. Um, and I just sort of love it. I'm a little bit of a history nerd. And so just the fact that it's petrified wood gives you this sort of old world feel that it's 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 petrified wood. How are you using it? Um I'm using it as a surface material in a kitchen right now, so I'm excited about that. It is not something that's affordable to everyone, but I, given the opportunity, for me it matched the, the classic historical part of this home's design, but it's cut on the linear edge, not the top round part, so it's the side, and it becomes this very modern look, and it's black with a little bit of tans and whites, so I wanted what was a neutral, and I, you know, we all have been doing the Carreras for so long, and the beige neutrals, limestone, but I wanted a neutral that was luxurious and classic, but felt modern without throwing on a slab, you know, of whatever porcelain everyone's doing so it, is it is it um is it any more fragile than marble it's it's less fragile it's, it's less. one of the hardest materials ever because really? it's petrified wood so it, it the the stone quality of unbreakableness for a kitchen space is better than any like almost any other stone you could buy it's up there it's better than soapstone that is so cool and mm -hmm. and very expensive. No, but totally get it. Awesome. Well, and again, so this seems to me like one of those products where you don't necessarily have to do an entire counter. No. Maybe you do an island. And I've seen I've seen little side tables out of it. Like that's where I'm loving it, where I'm going, Oh, I could I could bring petrified wood home for this client. And it does have that sense of modern meets really classic. Like, how's petrified wood gonna go out of style? It's petrified wood, it's old wood that has literally petrified. It's a fossil on your table, but done in this modern, approachable way. Does it does it stain? 
Um, I don't, I think it comes in its natural form. And then you seal it. Yes. And I know that there's a process. It's, it's treated almost like a semi-precious stone. The same way that they would do, a, you know, an agate table or anything like that. I know it's a very similar process, but I actually have not seen it yet. Now I've got, now I've got something I want to do. Gosh, right? <laughs> I would, I, I cannot wait. Please. Yeah. I, I cannot wait to see that. Yeah. And, and the colors, I imagine that there's, you're not going to get you're not going to get consistency. No, which is awesome. But there's no because it's an like endless... the veining in stone. Yeah. you know, you want that you want that movement. You want that feel. Wow. Yeah, I love that. And and thank you because I, I you know what I hadn't heard that before. Awesome. That's cool. Anything else? Uh, that's a big one for me. Tell me about colors. So as we here's why I like colors. Yeah. And I talk to this is one of the topics. It's a staple. Yeah. Because every year. We get five different mm-hmm. colors of the year, uh-huh. you know, and sometimes they're similar and sometimes we like them and sometimes they're, they're, they're eggplant yeah. and it's like, wow, I'm bold. Mm-hmm. We'll never use it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're beige. It's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. But what, what is your thought on colors? Not necessarily the color of the year, yeah. but as you use colors yeah. and because they're so easy to change, mm-hmm. but not necessarily as it reflects to the design as a whole. Mm-hmm. So how do you employ color? Um, well, first of all, telling on myself, I ignore all colors of the year. Every year, always have. Okay. Um, that being said, I like to explore the nature of why. And right now, everything's really deep hues. And I'm loving that. Because we went really white for a minute. And I loved that as well. But it's starting to look tired because it's every building you walk into. And it's had a long, long run. So I'm loving that these deeper royal hues are coming out. So I'm leaning into that. Like... 100%. Teal is my favorite color. It's a part of the brand. It, But it is hilarious how it literally finds its way into like every one of my design projects. And I don't even mean to do it, but there's always a hint of it somewhere. And I'm like, how did that get here again? It's so great. It's like, <laughs> it's like the Where's Waldo it of Brigham Jane design. It is. You'll fi- find the teal. <laughs> I love that. Brigham, thank you for the time. This thank was great. Thank you. This was so nice. Thank you. Convo by Design is proud to be working with Vondam Furniture. Their design culture is the key to their success. It's what pushes them to consistently create new collections that give spaces a new dimension. They create dialogue between environment and form. Vondam pieces can transform the simplest space into one filled with glamour that is both unique and extraordinary. And isn't that what design is all about? Creating atmospheres where you can take hold of life and enjoy it to the fullest. Vondam products are simple and elegant, contemporary and exceptionally comfortable. Their crafted modern durable molded resin, glass, and metal designs are unique. They beg to be enjoyed. Have you seen them featured in our videos? Check out our YouTube channel and see this for yourself. You can also find them in their showrooms at the D&D Building in New York, Wynwood in Miami, and the Pacific Design Center here in Los Angeles, or online at vondam.com. Okay. This is a wrap on another episode of Convo by Design. Special thanks to Bregan. Uh, sponsorship partners Snyder Diamond, Sub-Zero, Wolf, Cove, Vondam, Article, and Cambria Surfaces. But most of all, thank you. Without you listening to the show, there is no Convo by Design. And I appreciate you. Thank you for listening, for downloading and subscribing all of the episodes. Uh, check us out on YouTube where you can see uh, short videos from some of your favorite interviews like this one with Bregan Jane. Thank you for rating the show on iTunes and engaging via social media. Until next week, keep creating.